0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ball Things Considered BTC pod. Today is October 4th, and Game 3 of the NBA Finals just ended. The Heat beat the Lakers 115-104 to to make it a 2-1 to series, LA's favor. Um, my name is Michael Costello, and with me is Nick Demento. How you doing, Nick?
1: <sighs> not, not very well. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm just going to... This doesn't relate to basketball as much as it relates to my wallet, but I'm just going to have you and everyone else feel my pain right now, so I sometimes partake in the sport gambling
0: uh, side of sports, which is a... Which we only endorse in legal states, Absolutely. of course, Illinois, Absolutely. New Jersey, Nevada, various Pennsylvania. others, yeah, Pennsylvania, yeah. All that. yeah. So I just want to go
1: through some of the lines that I had looked at for tonight. So first off, I had Lakers minus eight. That obviously did not go well. Lakers lost this game.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Contavious Caldwell-Pope, over one and a half three-pointers made. He only made one three-pointer tonight. Danny Green, over one and a half three-pointers made. He did not make a three tonight. Overseas from the field. Absolutely. Dwight really? Howard, over five points, <laughs> did not hit that. Ruff, and to round it out, Anthony Davis, over 29 points. Now, here's what I want to say about that. As much as those were poor decisions, I actually believe that if we look at the reasons those bets did not hit tonight, We actually kind of get a glimpse into why the Lakers lost this game. And the first thing I want to point out is Anthony Davis and the fact that while shooting fairly well from the field tonight, uh, he he only attempted nine shots. Now, if we look at other people on his team that attempted more shots, we have LeBron, which fair. Kyle Kuzma taking 13 shots, Markeith Morris, taking 13 shots, Rajon Rondo took 8 shots, and was, so was right behind AD. The problem I have with this is that AD is the guy that has just been absolutely killing the Heat night in, night out in this series. They, game 1 and Game 2, the Heat just had no idea what to throw at him. Even when they had Bam Adebayo, they just had no idea how to match up with this guy. So the fact that the Lakers weren't running every single play to get that guy the ball was absolutely maddening.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. He was shooting 63.4% from the field, averaging 33 points through the first two games heading into tonight, and taking nine shots, fourth most on the team, right next to Rondo. When he played more minutes than all those guys, Kuzma Morris and Rondo, like the next three field goal temp leaders for the Lakers. It doesn't make sense, and he shot better from the field than any Laker, 66.7%. And like you said, his line was 29 points, and he had half of that. He had 15. And you're right about your other bets too, I think, is two threes from KCP, who's been shooting the lights out. Danny Green, two threes, like the maybe best three-point shooter in finals history i mean five points for dwight howard first ballot hall of famer like this is easy stuff those are pretty safe in my mind i do want
1: to point out that between kcp and danny green they have made a combined three threes in the past two games kcp went one of 10 in game two and danny green went one of something i'm not sure But what I saw from both of them, and I think this is something else that's hurt the Lakers, is that they're completely in their heads, and they've taken themselves out of the game. You saw this especially with Danny Green in the first quarter. He misses a couple threes. Then every time he has that spot-up moment, he kind of takes a second and then drives, and he just kind of kills the play. When I think of Danny Green, especially with his time with the Spurs, he's a guy where if he was just sitting in the corner and he just... There's an offensive rebound, and someone throws it to him in the corner. You're just like, ah, oh, shit. Because yeah. he's going he's gonna to make it every single time. That like As That's defense, the kind of guy just,
0: he is. Well, fuck
1: us. Yeah, exactly. And KCP and Danny Green, they need to be taking these shots. There's no, like, even if you're in a funk, one, you kind of need to shoot yourself out of it. I'm not saying take it every single time you get it, or if it's a contested shot. But if you have that wide open shot... You just got to take it to make the Heat respect you. Because we saw a lot of what the Heat did defensively tonight is they almost had four guys surrounding the paint. And just waiting for every LeBron and AD to drive. Uh, But that's how you make them pay. You got to take those threes just to stretch them out a little bit, to keep them honest. And they really didn't make the Heat rush themselves. They didn't make the Heat second-guess themselves. And that's when an offense really gets going. This Lakers team isn't a strong three-point shooting team. They haven't really been all season. But if they're making a reasonable clip of these threes, it's game over. Yeah, I think
0: that what you're saying, the Lakers are not a great three-point shooting team, but everything was hitting last game, and so it kind of changed what they like to do. Last game, they set a record for finals three point attempts and a half and not only that but lebron james and anthony davis combined for 65. so the next game the heat come out and say well 65 points is way too much we need to pack the paint how you said they had four guys doing so getting closer to the rim than they usually do and stopping anthony davis and lebron james at all cost, making the other guys beat them and i think that was the story of this game for basically the entire time is the stars for the Lakers couldn't carry the load, especially after the stars for the Lakers did so much the last game. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis and LeBron James combined for 13 turnovers. LeBron had eight, which I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I think that's the second most he's ever had in a playoff game behind the game against the 2011 Mavs, which is also the only game that he had single digits scoring in the playoff game in his career. So, LeBron James, even with 25, 10, and 8, wasn't great. And then Anthony Davis had his 15 points, albeit on the good shooting we addressed. Only five rebounds, three assists, the five turnovers. And he was in foul trouble a lot. He got his fourth foul with something like 10 minutes remaining in the third quarter and begged Frank Vogel not to sit him. Frank Vogel didn't sit him. He didn't get another foul, but he didn't really have much effectiveness either way. He was on the floor and played a reasonable 32 minutes, but made his presence felt very little. I can't remember him taking more than one shot in the fourth quarter. He didn't have a block. His defense was, what would you call it? Contemplative, Uh, hesitant. Subpar at the very least. Yeah, subpar at the very least. He was not his usual aggressive self. He was not making his presence felt at all. And to me, that's the story of the Lakers losing but I also think the story of the game wasn't really just the Lakers losing. It was the Heat playing Heat basketball and Jimmy Butler doing crazy superstar things. Mm-hmm. No,
1: Absolutely. I mean, all props to the Heat for the way they played. And Jimmy Butler just kind of being this guy, he played almost 45 minutes tonight. He's just kind of one of those dudes like, you know, I'm not going out like this. He was going to do everything. He possibly could, especially in that fourth quarter when it got close. Every single time they were taking the ball out of bounds, Jimmy was right there. He's like, give me the damn ball. Like, I am taking this on my back. Especially when, you know, Tyler Hero struggled most of the time until the very end of that game. Uh, You know, and some, you know, the Heat definitely had some stretches where the Lakers either got the lead or were within five, six and everyone's like well um, here we go again It's just like game one you know they come out hot but here we go and but i think one thing the heat would do to stymie that is one thing we saw in game one and game two is that the heat were really committed to that two three zone that they employed so well against uh boston and first off for anyone just like a little extra nose knowledge one of the best ways to attack a 2-3 zone is that if you can get the ball to the to the middle of the floor, so just right around top of the key, you can make that zone kind of crash in on you, and then you throw it back to those three-point shooters. That's why we saw the Lakers take a historic number of threes in Game 2. That's just how you play against that zone. So even though the Lakers didn't shoot it particularly well in Game 2, they were always getting that open shot. Uh... But what the Heat did this game in particular that helped them so much was that they would throw a little bit of zone at you. But if you kind of figured it out, then they would throw a man or like a 4-1 you know, zone. Uh, I think we even saw some one 1-1, uh, one Basically, yeah. they were throwing a little bit of everything at you. They never let the Lakers get used to okay, this is what the Heat are doing, so we're going to do bing, bing, bing. No, like, the Lakers were always having to think about, okay, what are they in right now? How do I attack it? It just makes it harder, especially when LeBron James was not on the floor tonight. When LeBron James wasn't on the floor, the Lakers had a hard time doing anything.
0: For real. I think what you're talking about with the Heat defense is a trademark of Eric's bolster teams. I don't know... The best way to describe it but they were playing defense with purpose they were playing defense positively they were trying to not only stop you but take away your offense like they were actively trying to confuse and hurt the lakers offense by like you said making them think making them figure out what the defense was instead of letting the offense make the first move They were trying to meet a punch with a punch, and they did it effectively all night. They were, like we said, trying to stop AD and LeBron from going off, so they were going under on more screens. They were switching and clamping, and when LeBron was on the floor, like you said, they were denying Anthony Davis off the ball better than we've seen them do all series by far. Anthony Mm -hmm. Davis played plenty without LeBron, like he does at all times, because the Lakers never go with neither of them on the court. Mm-hmm. And in those minutes without Anthony Davis, or without LeBron and just Anthony Davis, the Lakers couldn't do a thing. And then they had to get LeBron back out, especially with Anthony Davis's foul trouble. So we saw way less of the two on the floor at the same time than we have all playoffs and we really expected to. Yeah. 32 minutes for Anthony Davis is his playoffs low this season. And that's because of the foul trouble and it not only kept him off the floor it kept him out of rhythm when he was on the floor so you weren't even getting 100 percent of anthony davis with 32 minutes so i credit spolstra and i credit the heat for buying in because they didn't have the fulcrum of their defense the best defender alive in bam atabayo and they didn't have veteran goran dragic which meant a lot more of tyler hero and duncan robinson defense which is not ideal
1: no basically
0: matching up with any team
1: We really saw guys like Kelly Olenek, Andre Iguodala, some Solomon Hill. Yes, hats off to those guys. And Jay Crowder. They really stepped up. And the Lakers never made them pay for the Heat's biggest weakness. That this is a really small team. You know, Myers Leonard's their biggest dude. And they didn't really play him that much even. Kelly Olenek was the center the majority of that game.
0: Uh, Yeah, Myers Leonard started played six minutes, came off, and then played six more the rest of the game. Kelly Olenek so ended up playing 31 one. minutes. Yeah. and But
1: especially when you have AD at the center, which mostly towards the end of the game, that was what he was playing as, he just has to make those guys pay. So many times when they would get Anthony Davis to ball finally, because the Heat were doing such a good job at denying him post-touches, he was getting it, a couple lengths removed from the key. He wasn't ever in good post-up position. But even then, a lot of times, he would be in those bad positions, but the defender on him is Jay Crowder or Andre Iguodala. AD, these are guys that are five inches shorter than you, and you probably have 50 pounds on them. I don't know their exact weights. you got to just at least try to bully ball them. See if you can get a foul. Yeah. Anthony Davis is such a great free-throw shooter. And that's one of the hallmarks of his game is he's got to be physical. He's got to be going to the hole every single
0: time. And we saw Jimmy Butler doing that on the other end. Absolutely. Consistently in the fourth quarter, Jimmy Butler was seeking out switches with KCP because he knew he was bigger than, that, bigger than him and he couldn't do anything. And he was getting to the line consistently. Or whether it was Kyle Kuzma, it was the same thing. Even if he wasn't getting fouled, he was getting by him. Or he was drawing help and dishing one of his 13 assists. It was a clinic by Jimmy Butler in the fourth quarter. He finished with 14 free throw attempts, hit 12 of them. I don't think he missed one in the fourth quarter. He had a couple and ones. He didn't attempt a three, by the way. I doesn't need to. I can't possibly guess the last time somebody had 40 points in a playoffs game without even attempting a three. Jimmy went 14 for 20, 0 for 0 from deep. Yeah. I mean, he. He He was a A man-possessed. Yeah, that really was, I think, the biggest difference. We've talked about the Lakers a lot and the Heat as a whole, what the Lakers weren't able to do and why the Heat stopped them from doing it. But if you had to only talk about one player, it's Jimmy Butler, clearest day, on both ends of the floor. He was guarding LeBron every single time, and LeBron was guarding him too. And Jimmy Mm -hmm. Butler got the better of that matchup for 48 minutes. And, I mean, it's...
1: A lot to say about Eric Spolster trusting Jimmy Butler enough that towards the end of that game, he's just feeding him the ball. Like, he's okay with Jimmy Butler just taking complete control of that game. Yeah. And I want, really want to shout out Kelly Olynyk because I'm just now realizing he had 17 points after 24 three, and 9 last game. And yeah, so he had 17 points and 3 of 5 shoot, shooting from 3. So the guy really, I mean, the guy looks lost in game one, but he's very much found his footing. And that's a requirement if they're going to stay in the series, especially if Bam's going to be out a little bit longer. I personally, I am not hot on the idea of Gordon Drager's coming back just with that kind of injury. Normally, if guys like try to put a lot of pressure on that foot after they've torn uh, his plantar fasciitis... I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but when guys have forced themselves to play on that, it normally means bad things down the road. Especially with Goran Dragic being in the last year of his contract, that's probably not the best decision for him as a career-wise. Yeah. And even, you know, if I'm Goran Dragic, you gotta have some consideration of, well, I want to be able to walk when I'm 65. Yeah. So I'm not hot on the aspects of him coming back. But with Bam, I don't know the particulars of that injury. But especially since he was technically active tonight, not wearing a mask or anything like that, it seems like he's gearing up to try to come back. And I think it's very likely that he's going to try to push himself to come back and see how he impacts Game 4. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on how he can change the series going forward, even if he's not at
0: 100%? So I agree with everything you said regarding injuries, both in this series and in general. We saw Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson push themselves in last year's finals because Larry O'Brien was everything to them. And neither of them ended up playing a game this season because of it. Klay with his ACL, KD with his Achilles. And Goran Dragic is older than both of those guys. So I don't think he should come unless he says, you know what, this is it for me, or you know what, I don't really care, and the doctors are telling me, assuring things. Him and Bam were both scratched today. Bam tried to warm up, and Eric Spolstra ultimately pulled him. I don't know about Drogic, but it also took him until today to be ruled out. Eric Spolstra said it was a ridiculously hard decision. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to on the court – You're right. I think Bam can turn this series on its head. Especially because he hasn't played in a minute. Like, this dynamics of series change sometimes in one game. In two games, everything can change. Mm. So, like I was saying, between games two and game three, we saw AD and LeBron going back and forth saying, I'm the finals MVP. No, I'm the finals MVP. We're going to combine for 65 points almost 20 rebounds 15 assists type of numbers and it was clear that they were dominating and we thought they were going to run miami out of the building we thought it would be a laughable sweep and then the next game what happens both of them have their worst games of the series at the same time play less minutes and miami wins by double digits so when bam comes back we could see this tilt i don't want to say Miami's going to win if bam plays but it swings way more in their favor. We saw that they could win a game without him, and now they're getting their best defender, their best rim protector, their best switchable defender, their best help defender, their best rim protector, their second-best player, maybe their uh, probably third-best facilitator, second-best facilitator, if Dragic can't go. So he brings everything, and the Lakers are a big team. They won the rebounding battle tonight, 43-37, to But it didn't really feel like they were playing bigger. And with Bam on the floor, they definitely won't feel like they're playing bigger. Like, between Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, they got eight rebounds total. JaVale McGee didn't play. LeBron had ten, and Rondo had eight. None of that sounds good for the Lakers. And you had Bam Adebayo, who has been rebounding better than any player on either team these playoffs. I think it slows the game down and favors Miami because Miami played their style like through the first punch and one tonight. And with bam, the epitome of Miami basketball, it's going to swing way more to Miami being able to make chess moves again and dictating the style of play again. Yeah. What do you think? Or do you think about Dragic or anything else?
1: Like I said, I'm not, I highly doubt we're going to see Dragic in the series If Bam comes back, I, you know, just as a former athlete, in some capacity, I know that playing hurt, you're, no matter how much effort you give, you're still not going to be 100% of what you were before you got hurt. So I'm still leaning on the side that this series ends in five. Just because I think we saw the absolute worst the Lakers could play tonight. I agree with that. I think in every single one of the Lakers series this year, we've seen one game where it's like the Lakers are just kind of out of sorts. They're not, they're just doing, they look just weird, whether that's they've taken the gas off the pedal or things like that. And, you know, every one of these players will say that every game in the playoffs is a must-win game. You know, that Mm -hmm. they approach every game like it's game seven. That's just not true. When you're up 2-0 and you've beaten the absolute hell out of a team twice, you come in, and especially since everyone in the media has been talking up to Lakers the Lakers past few days, saying this is going to be a sweep, you get that in your head. And you think that you can kind of just run at these guys, do whatever you need to do, and you're still going to win. And to be honest, that's what Game 2 felt like. Game 2 seemed like it was a bad game for the Lakers
0: but they still won by 10. Yeah. So when games like that happen, you're exactly right. The Lakers did that and thought, wow, we only played like this and we still took care of them. And the Heat outplayed them. The Lakers did a lot of good stuff tonight because they're just a great team, but the Heat wanted it more from start to finish. And the Lakers got it close. They erased two double-digit leads and almost a different one but Miami ultimately wins by 11 still. Mm -hmm. So you're right. I don't think the Lakers will play this badly again, but you don't think... So Bam's injury is difficult to quantify, and I haven't seen consistent diagnoses of it, but let's just say that he's 80%, because obviously you're going to come back for a finals game when you otherwise wouldn't come back. So it's not a usual clearance. If we get 80% of Bam and the rest of the Heat is healthy, by all accounts, you don't think the Heat can take a second game?
1: I really don't, because as much of a benefit Bam does bring, I think there's another detriment to having him on the floor that the Lakers are going to respond to Bam by, put, by putting in Dwight and JaVale more. JaVale McGee hasn't really played this series, but... It's possible that if they have that Bam who's more of a traditional center, even that have, besides all of his playmaking and things like that, he's not an incredible shooter or anything like that. He doesn't stretch the floor in the ways that Myers-Leonard and Kelly Olenek do. It allows the Lakers to kind of play more into their game. Now, where Bam can really hurt the Lakers is with his, he's basically a, big-ass point guard. He's kind of a poor man's Jokic in that he really does bring... He has a great basketball IQ. He knows how to get it to guys in the open court. And we're seeing that now with guys like AD, like Jokic, like Bam, that when you have a guy that can can post up and make plays down in the paint, it opens up your offense so much more. I look back to uh, the Lakers' run in the early 2010s Uh, towards the end of the 2000s with Pau Gasol. That's what made Pau Gasol so great is that he could run an offense from the post. And Bam's Mm -hmm. able to do a lot of these things. And that's where he can really hurt the Lakers. But at the same time, I really think that he's not going to be able to guard Anthony Davis if Anthony Davis is able to get his shots. If the Heat can shut... Make Anthony Davis take as few shots as he did tonight. I yeah, I sure think they could take a second game. But I think if I'm Frank Vogel, if I'm LeBron and we're in the film room tomorrow, we're just looking at A D it's like, what the hell are you doing? I know they're denying you the ball. Get get open. You're one of the top five players yeah. in the league. You know, you're one of the most imposing physical presences probably on planet Earth. So use that body, and the Lakers need to find ways. They need to run plays just to get Anthony Davis the freaking basketball because this series runs through him. That's the, going to be the sire. That is the biggest mismatch in this series.
0: And yeah. even if Bam's on the floor,
1: I don't think he can compete with Anthony Davis.
0: Yeah. Tonight, if this continues... Tonight, I think, was Anthony Davis kind of LeBron, J.J. Barea moment. Like, Anthony Davis didn't do a thing and got into foul, foul trouble because Kelly Olynyk and Myers hasn't played in a month. Leonard put him in a box. They locked him up and threw away the key. Mm-hmm. I don't expect anything like that to happen again. I think Anthony Davis is probably the angriest of any Laker to have lost tonight because he knows how much he left out there on the floor. And more than anything, how we were talking about the Lakers won't play this badly again, Miami can't make Anthony Davis do that again. I don't think mm-hmm. Bam won't be able to get him in enough foul trouble to replicate this kind of thing. And it could go the other way too, is Anthony Davis could get Bam into foul trouble because Bam's not hundred percent and it's his first finals and he's much younger than Anthony Davis and he's pressing and Mm -hmm. he wants to create because the Heat probably have less of that on offense, that it's tough. I think Bam is really going to have to play above his head and play like he's at 100% for him to make a huge difference for the Heat. Because even game one, when he
1: was on the floor, besides that – Run they went on in the very beginning the of game very, one. Started the game, yeah. He had six so and I,
0: three like that, like.
1: Besides so that, he was a the guy was a non-factor. You know, yeah. it's just the Lakers were just too big, and Bam, they have never really used him as like the defender in the post. He's not a good one-on-one defender like Rudy Gobert is. What he is is he kind of plays like Draymond Green, and that he's kind of this roaming safety. You know, he's, yeah. clogging, he's clogging lanes. He's to help defender guy. But, so that's what the Lakers will exploit. The Lakers are fine if they just give it to Anthony Davis in the post against Bam Adebayo. The Lakers just got to run a play to get AD the ball there.
0: Yeah, I think you're right in describing him. Like, the reason that center's defense is the best is because run protection is the most important. Like, they alter the most shots. But the Heat are so switchable that he is more of a free safety type of thing. He's more Robert Covington meets Draymond Green in a LeBron James like body type in terms of athleticism and strength and things like that. And those are all ridiculous hype, like superlatives. And don't get me wrong, I think he's as good a defender as exists on planet Earth. But Anthony Davis is a post-centric matchup and... Bam's light on his feet a little bit. He's not going to get bullied, but I don't know if there is an Anthony Davis stopper, even if he's the most equipped. He just Spe- can do too many things from too many areas of the floor. Especially when we're considering a shoulder injury. So, where Bam's
1: going to be hurt is trying to extend himself, trying to make yeah, himself bigger, you know, reaching taking physical blows. If you've ever torn your shoulder, if you try to reach your arms above your head, it feels like you're ripping your face in half. Yeah, and that's everything. Hand down, man down. Yep. Especially when you're carding someone in the post that's way bigger than you. If he gets you in a bad position, that's the only thing you can do to try to contest a shot. And so it's going to be killing Bam every single time he does this against AD. So if they play Bam that way, they can really wear him down
0: even more than he already is. Yeah, I think it's not... A Sean Payton um, like bounty type of situation but when somebody isn't 100% you know that they're exploitable they're not going to try and hurt him again but they're going to know this guy isn't what he usually is just like if somebody's in foul trouble or somebody's played a lot of minutes they're tired or they won't be able to play like themselves Bam bio is going to be great he's going to be so much better than anything else that he can do but he's not going to be prime bio. mm-hmm no, I, Anything I, else? Any other thoughts on the series?
1: Um, oh, I will end with this thought. JR Smith, what the hell are you doing at the end of the second half?
0: <laughs> JR Smith's gonna call his own number more than somebody checking their voicemail. It's just what he
1: does. I, I'm fine with you taking the shot there. What I'm not fine but he needs to realize that he is the tenth, eleventh man on that roster if not even further down. When LeBron just gives you the ball and you're open, you just take the shot. You don't take five dribbles, run yourself into the corner, and take a contested fadeaway. Your job is just to sit there and take the damn shot, JR. Mm-hmm. Stop making this more complicated. This is why no one wanted to sign you. In, and in JR's defense, he's kind of made a living off of that. Right? He has... Like, he makes
0: more hard shots than he does easy shots. It feels like he
1: has made more, has made more tough shots. He has not done that recently, and he has not done that in these playoffs. So he has no business doing that now. And no one come at me with some video of Jr. in L.A. Fitness this year. I do not want to hear it.
0: <laughs> shooting, shooting jumpers in empty gym like Carmelo every off season.
1: He can take whatever contested re- jumpers in an empty gym or in practice. He wants when it's a finals, finals game, yeah. and you get the ball from LeBron and you are open, just go up with it. It's really simple. It's called a spot up jumper. It's one of the best shots statistically in the league.
0: Yeah, I still don't worry about those.
1: A fadeaway. I respect him
0: sticking to the brand.
1: I respect him sticking to the brand, but the brand kind of sucks. That's
0: yeah. Re that's Reebok if we're versus <laughs> Nike here. Hey, Reebok had the Rezigs. Let's not let's not go there. Yeah, Reebok. If you
1: want to sponsor us, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I know love John Wall
0: but I'm here. I'll drop it. Is that what, what Kawhi is? Hmm. Never mind.
1: Uh I don't know who Reebok has. But what was just I say? Jr. Chill the hell out. Yeah. But also. Well,
0: Encourage your teammates. JR's got the most finals experience of any Laker except for LeBron. Rondo. Rondo has been to two finals? I believe so. So that's 13 games. JR played at least 16. I don't know and if it's a Dan- Well, Danny playoffs. Green, definitely. You think? Danny Green played. All those finals with the Spurs and Toronto? Two. So that's seven, five, and six. So that's eighteen. Jr. has played. What did I just say? Jr. has played either sixteen or twenty-two.
1: We can figure out so these numbers we, in our yeah, time. But
0: it it doesn't matter. He. The point is, encourage your teammates. Prepare them for the moment. Just yeah. Just don't don't get caught doing anything stupid. It's the bubble. We're almost on the way home.
1: yep and it's been a long season but we got a little bit of ways to go well michael thanks so much for having me
0: on it's a joy talking to you again thank you for being readily available we got on this basically as soon as the final buzzer sounded so i'm excited to get this recap up and i'm excited for y'all to listen any more oh listen to drawing it up also available on spotify apple RSS, theballthings.com website, and Anchor. Yep. yep. So, okay. Uh,
1: if you haven't listened to join it up yet, it's just kind of uh it's not a newsy podcast at all. It's I'm taking more of a big picture look. Our most recent episode talked about the front office moves and mentalities that got the Lakers and the Heat to the finals. So, if you want to take a look at that, we'd greatly appreciated. Basically, anywhere you find your podcast. And I think with that, we will call it.
0: Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody.